Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. What is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Well, I, I thought about this because, uh, um, well, I'm going to tell the listeners and you guys about one of the most important things to me in the world. And I, I, I've thought about it because I, I, I like it to be a secret. I like it to be my, my secret documentary <laughs> that I only know about. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm not the only one who knows about it, but, but I know that if everybody knew about it, it would cause, you know, people would really go crazy. Right. Um, there'd be so, crime. There'd, people just rioting in the streets. There'd be like shirts and stuff. I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, like uh, with a, about this documentary. But the documentary is called "Devil at Your Heels." Okay, mm. it's called "Devil at Your Heels," and it's on YouTube. Okay, and it has like I like don't know, all the great documentaries. It has like a hundred thousand views or something like that. But it should have uh-huh. it should have a billion views. What is it? It is okay. So it's not about long, big feet, is it? It's not about big feet. Okay, it's about a guy named Ken Carter. And Ken Carter was known as the Mad Canadian, and he was a stuntman. Um, and he started out as a ramp boy. Uh, in in when he was a kid, he dropped out of school to be a ramp boy, which uh-huh. is, I mean, talk about me being born at the wrong time. Yeah, I get right. my right arm to be a <laughs> ramp boy. It's ramp just boy. an extinct job. There's no job ramp boy. What's anymore. a ramp boy? Just a guy who set up ramps, like a dropout. Like a ramp, like a ramp, ramp Sets up for, jump ramps. For evil Knievel? Yes. That's got to that be a hard a job. job to Why can't get? you be a ramp man? Like, Because there's just not as many ramps. It's, it's like being a ball man. It's not the You're same. You're not a ball man. You're a ball boy. Yeah, no. well, no, ball man is a designer. But I think ramp boy... For how important a ramp is to someone's performance, you would want to treat them with respect because they can be, oh, I'm ramp boy. Right. Well, They're treating them with all... Well, let me put it this way. In 1976 in Canada, you could say, like, I'm dropping out of school, and your teacher was like, what do you got set up? You're probably going to be on the street. And he's like, no, I got a job set up as a ramp boy. And they're like, oh, all right. Oh, oh shit. Now, oh, that's sorry. Not, that's, sorry. That's sorry. not something you can say and it probably now. came with a pension, too. <laughs> yeah. Back then. So he is, all right, so I was watching like a BuzzFeed or a Mashable, or I don't know what it was, some kind of thing where they do top 10 lists, you know? Mm-hmm. Like top 10 car jumps. Yes. And there was a clip of, of a Lincoln Continental, a yellow Lincoln Continental. Very heavy car. Trying to jump over... What he does is he tries to jump over the St. Lawrence Seaway, which is a mile wide. <laughs> in a yellow Lincoln Continental with, with wings on it. And he had, in the documentary, he had like a serious team. He had the best, best engine builders. He had a guy on that camera that's like an engineer saying that he was, once he was in the air, he was going to be able to fly the car with the wings. Oh, no. I like mean, no, rocket a real, boosters like or something? a real like, physicist was like, yes, I've designed this, so he should be able to steer it in the air. Mm. And oh, no. and there's no plan for the landing, really, except he, he, pl- <laughs> he plans he's going to land in a bunch of roses. And right. then they say, well, what about these trees? Are you worried about the trees? And he said, no, we'll be careful to not, not to knock down the trees. And they, they weren't saying... You know what I mean? He took yeah. it wrong. They were like, aren't you worried about the trees? Like, that you're going to kill yourself. There. Yeah, he's right. like, oh, no, we'll be very careful with the trees. Right. Oh, we'll so, make sure to not steer into those. <laughs> right. Ken Carter is one of the most inspiring, not that smart people right. in the world. Mm. And he, he will make you so, because he's so confident and he's really, he doesn't have a whole lot of charisma. He breaks his legs over and over again. He's constantly on crutches. He says stuff like, I'm standing on the, 
threshold of life when he's wow. when he's not when he's like 48 <laughs> and he also oh, in that sense okay he said i grew up in this poor area but i grew up and i'm a i'm a i'm a what does he say a beautiful physical specimen something like that but he's not at all he's like he's limping and it's a very inspiring documentary my favorite part is i don't want to give it away because there's a twist ending mm-hmm. he dies no, he dies oh. later. He died later. He died in, in, in a rocket car accident yes. that you can find on. There's also you can watch. A, you that's can the watch next that video you YouTube, YouTube serves you. YouTube. Now you watch, watch this dude die in a rocket. You can car. watch that on YouTube too. Wow. Um, I, okay, I, so twist ending. We won't spoil it. So the twist ending, I won't spoil, but I will say that the jump does not go well. <laughs> no um, shit. At all, like not oh at my all. God. You know. And so when I first showed it to my brother, this is my favorite thing because it's like okay, so they build this hundred foot ramp. And like a mile long runway. I mean, he had funding. He right. was going to be on Wide World of Sports. Evil Knievel's in the documentary. He comes and checks out the jump and says that he. Like, yeah, looking good. Looking good. <laughs> he says that, well, he says he knows it's going to be on Wide World, World of Sports, so he can't trash the jump totally because they, they end right. up not televising it. Right. But he thinks it might be televised. So he's actually like. This is a terrible idea, but he has to be like, but it, if it, if it does happen, right. it'll be the greatest Daredevil jump in history. But he. He tells Ken that there's no margin of. He said you got no room for error, right? But it's like there's nothing but. He has plenty of room for error. Like the whole area off the ramp, the whole, thing is whole error. mile, <laughs> everything past the ramp is room for error. Right. So my brother watches what happens, which I don't have to. It doesn't ruin it to say the car shreds. I mean, the car right. goes off the ramp and it shreds. I right. mean, because it's going. It's a rocket car. It's going like. 300 400 miles an hour and it's and they've, they've done nothing to modify the car to make it better at this they just strapped a rocket to well, a it's, no they, that's the thing that's actually really interesting about it is the whole documentary they have have interviews with like competent or seemingly competent like engineers who are saying that this is going to go well huh but every, the whole time you're like how could it go well and it's made of a the the body of the car is made of fiberglass which is the reason it shreds which is i guess the reason they thought that would maybe fly or I don't know, but um, my brother watched it shred, and he said <laughs> he didn't have any context at the time. So I was just like, "Check out this car jump on Mashable or whatever," and he said, uh, "What didn't happen that was supposed to happen?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best right. question I've ever heard about you're that. Like, this looks like when an you, accident. When you watch it, you're like, "That's a fair question." Right. But I'm like, what a whole did you lot have of shit. He was supposed to be able to drive that thing in the air. He was going to land it. Right. He was going to be careful not to break any of the trees. <laughs> um, so he, he so why roll the sport? Anyway, evils evil Knievel's in it. It's great. He's wearing a cream colored outfit and he comes out of a cream colored Cadillac and tells evil Knievel and does. tells yes and tells Ken Carter who you know Ken Carter looks up to evil right and evil's like you're a crazy and motherfucker evil, like yeah he still likes it. I think he hits he hits um he has a rolled up like like brochure or something yeah. in his hand probably it was 1978 there are brochures everywhere yeah he hits he, he like he hit Ken Carter, he's like, I'll tell you what, buddy. And like, you could tell that was the best moment of Ken Carter's life. Right, when he right, was hitting right. him with that piece of paper. Right. Because he was like, listen, buddy, you They're better be careful. Around. He's yeah. like, you better be careful. There's no room for error. Right. And he was like, well, it's been raining. It's been raining. Because it was, it was <laughs> not, that's what Ken Carter was like. We're going to do it, though. We got to do it. But it's been raining. That's the thing, evil. It's been raining. It's yeah. been so much rain. He's like, exactly. yeah, well, you're not ready. So Ken Carter's just like, we're still going to do it. Ken Carter ends up dying years later. The end of the documentary is not Ken Carter dying. It's a right. much more interesting ending. And anyway, this guy is is one of my favorite people, Ken Carter. He's yeah. a, he's a, he's a he 
he tries to he tries to drives a dragster and he can't get in the dragster because he's too fat. He he go he tests he he's trying to pull G's. You know, he, getting ready for the jump. He he goes up in a in a biplane to do tricks yeah. or something. He throws up and he's real embarrassed about it. <laughs> um, like it's, it's <laughs> real a, embarrassed. He has a, I don't he has tell him pre- I puked, man. He has a press. Don't conference. tell evil. He has a press conference in like a Ramada Inn yeah. announcing that the jump's delayed. That is. It, one of the greatest pieces of footage ever shot. Oh, I mean, it's right, 1978 in Canada. And right. Like, I mean, there's just, you can barely see him. There's so much smoke in that room, you can barely see Ken Carter announcing that the jump is delayed because everyone in there is smoking. Everybody. Right, right. Yeah. Everyone's drunk for some reason at this thing. <laughs> the um, cameras there's like are a buffet. Yeah, there's like a buffet for the Ken Carter jump delay announcement. Speaking of the, the uh, ramp boy being inadequate to the job, the jump that ended up killing him had to be delayed when he first attempted it because the start off ramp collapsed under his car when he drove up on yeah, it. Yeah, you can so, see it. It's on yeah. oh, you boy. can go on, on there and see it. And uh, there's a whole bunch of people who've like found the car and you know, he's got like a little cult of people. But I just gotta say, if you want a, a midnight movie, uh, a movie for you guys to watch when a midnight movie, I like. You know what yeah. I mean? A movie for you guys to watch when you're stoned. If I was in high school, yeah. I mean college, I would just watch this movie every night. I would have never left the. Did I you would switch just... to college so you weren't encouraging high school students to smoke pot <laughs> and watch YouTube? <laughs> like, I know. I was in high school, in high school, I was studying, and then as soon as I hit college. I watched documentary Stone, but um, yeah. my friends watched uh, the A Team every day, and they t- put on a red light and called it Condition Red. They were all stoned. They, they all wow. had. Wow. How are they that, doing? Not well. They, no, not. <laughs> what is a myth? What something people think is true? Uh, a myth is that false. you think that you probably. <laughs> I had such a hard time coming up with these. You, um, these are absurd. Um, you Idiots. probably think. I'm looking at Anna. Anna, you probably think that you can't watch The Curse of Oak Island if you don't have cable. <laughs> what the fuck? She's been saying that all week, actually. All I watch is people do archaeology type stuff on, mm-hmm. on YouTube. Well, I mean, right. So, so Curse of Oak Island, do you know that show on the History Channel? Nope. You don't know that show? No. Oh, I should have done that as my big one then. Oh, man. I told well, go them, on. Well, go watch Devil at Your Heels anyway. But God, you should have. We should have talked about Curse of Oak Island. <laughs> Oak Island is this island off the coast of uh, uh, Nova Scotia. And um, in the late 1700s, some kids were out there playing and they found an area where it looked like it had been dug up. And they dug, dug down and they dug and they found a stone with a bunch of markings on it. And they found uh, um, like a bunch of platforms. Like every 20 feet, there was a platform of like uh, coconut fiber. And uh, that wasn't native to the area. And then they realized that they think there were drains that had been created on the beach that was, so if you got down to a certain level of digging, it would fill the water, fill the pit, pit with uh, water, ocean water. So anyway, these guys, these who had heard, I'd heard about that story when I was, since I was in grade school mm-hmm. about this Oak Island and they, people kept digging down, but the water would come in, come in and, and destroy the shaft. Oh, so it was in- the, the design was in order to flood any hole that somebody tried to yeah. dig. It was booby so trapped. So they're, they're guarding something. Yeah. So it was like pretty elaborate. So I've read about it. People have been trying to find it ever since the early 1800s. And the people have died. Lots of people have died because the, because the shafts keep collapsing. They build these 100, 100 foot deep shafts. And that some guys died from, from fumes, from using a pump down there. Like six people died at once, I think. Or four people died at once. Like a, a father and his son. Sure. Some father dragged his son into this treasure hunting business yeah. you know like we're gonna go find this and then they both died yeah they both yeah, right. died from a pump from pump fumes yeah um 
and I've seen uh, it a hundred yeah, times. Yeah, gonna I should have known you were going to do this to me, Dad, with your nickname Pump Fumes. <laughs> right. So old Pump Fumes. Yeah. James Pump Fumes. So anyway, these guys, Rick and Marty Lagina, have a show on the History Channel, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're two brothers that are trying to find the damn Oak Island, except they have big money behind them, and, uh, and they've got drills and cranes, and but they still haven't found much. Um, <laughs> And they, and they and so we can see this on cable. Oh, it's a great show or off cable. I love it. It's so funny. It's it's great because Rick Lagina is the dreamer and Marty Lagina, <laughs> his the brother, realist. And he's Rick, Rick, realist. Rick Lagina is like the sex symbol right. dreamer, and yeah. he is clearly a sex symbol. Like I have a crush on Rick Lagina. It's like yeah. running neck and neck with Nicola White Mudlark. Right. And for people yeah. uh, for treasure hunters, I want to fuck. Yeah. So. so um, uh, so so anyway, this Fifth. show is great. So I've been, but here's even the better part of it is that I I don't have cable, so I have to watch. On YouTube, I have to go on YouTube and watch. But no, that, that's even better. They scramble the episodes like so the algorithm can't, oh, can't like yeah, so no, it's you being copywritten. So right. it's like a nonsense version of the episode, which I still watch. I've watched like every episode of the show on YouTube where they've chopped the edit. So like the algorithm can't recognize it because the algorithm will be oh, like, like oh, I think this is a bootleg. Yeah, they're like the algorithm will be like this looks a lot like a bootleg right. of our show that we should take off YouTube, but it's also gibberish. Right, right. So it's like they cut the video doesn't match the audio and and you have to watch it like that. And this is a pleasurable experience. And I like that show so much. You're like I'll figure that it out. I fucking watch it on that scramble. A lot version. of the times you'll see them do stuff like only show you like 70% of the image right. and then and like speed up the, I've the seen audio that. by like 3 or whatever. I couldn't take that. Yeah, I, I couldn't handle that. When the sounds different nope. it fucks me no, up. No, this is what I like this yeah. one. The images are all wrong but the audio's right. <laughs> So anyway, if you guys want to, ca- and by the way, Curse of Oak Island, I think is heating up. Okay. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna find something. Yeah. But there have been six Sounds- seasons. Treasure hunting is so much fun to watch. This is a tribute to me and making sense of my <laughs> lifestyle. This right. is, a, is that they've had six seasons or seven seasons. They haven't found a damn thing. Yeah, they found I would like say, a piece of wood that they think might have come right. from a ship. I would say your appetite for watching people pull just junk out of mud is higher than many uh, a listener possibly. It's possible, but yeah. yeah. But he converts a lot of people. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Mudlarking yeah. uh, is, you know, for, for new listeners. Check out Mudlarking. Check mud out Mudlarking. Mud is like uh, the Thames River. Um, uh, I've talked about this. Yeah, um, scraping, man. Just yeah. Previous up, episodes. You just, just uh, London is a 2,000-year-old city. They've been throwing stuff in the river for 2,000 years. And uh, you go down there in the uh, one low tide because the Thames is connected to the ocean. Yeah, and you and you go down there and just dig through the mud and you find everything from uh, Roman uh, helmets to um, lighters. To, uh, yeah, to uh, cell phones from yesterday. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Uh, Cards Against Humanity. Okay. I love comedy and mm-hmm. I love games. I just hosted a game night at my home last night. Yeah. Uh, you guys did not attend. I realize I also did not invite you. No, that's yes. what um, I was about to say. Would have been amazing fired. had we attended. Yeah, that saw that shit cracking on, on the gram. Yeah, but, that was uh, <laughs> uh, I'd be happy to have you in the future. I usually host them every other week. That'd be awesome. um, and, and we would probably be happy to have you back on this podcast once that happens. Oh, is that how it works? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I already, I already had him at a, on my podcast. Yeah, that's I why I'm back here now. I know. Miles, we don't want to reveal the dirty underbelly that we use. 
our podcast <laughs> to get, to to get invited nights. to parties. And, and, and should I should I point out that I would have to let you win? Right. Would that be part yeah, of it yeah, also? No, no, no. Yeah, I hate it. that. So I, I love, know people let yeah. me win. So I love games and I love comedy and I cannot stand Cards Against Humanity and I and even more so I cannot stand people posting photos of funny combinations that came oh, up in Cards yeah. Against Humanity because yeah. it's pretty much just what saying is this, 2012. Well, but I, mean, I I love class. I play a lot of games from the 80s and the early 2000s. I, I have no judgment on that. I just find it completely un. Uh, creative mm-hmm. and unfunny and then when people post something of like look at this crazy combination of things it's like yeah that would happen because those right. things were already pre-printed and pre-manufactured <laughs> and eventually those combinations would yeah, happen written by a bunch mean, of comedians yeah it doesn't yeah. mean that you're clever for having selected them and and you know it's based on apples to apples which is a great game that you can play with a, uh, with kids or with uh, with uh, the elderly uh, unlike <laughs> cards against humanity, yeah, but uh, but at least with apples to apples, you're 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 a you're learning a little something about what the the certain topics are, but you also you also get some insight into the people that you're playing with. Like, oh, I think that person would choose that combination of things. And for cards against humanity, th- th- there's none of that. It's what just it's just all that? random guessing. Well, I will say I agree with the... manufactured outrage. Right. I think there is something though. Like when you're playing cards, you do have to predict. Like based on their sense of humor, it's like I could put something that's witty because I, based on the person who's picking, mm-hmm. or something that's just completely absurd. I'm not saying that that's. But I don't find much wit in it. I just for don't me find in the much game, wit. It's more. It's more about like outright. You know, it, it's being being the the craziest, wackiest. Thing. I just think it loses its excitement after you play it the first time. Yeah, I think. And yeah. the only other times I've enjoyed playing it has been like I've not been sober. <laughs> and then it, even no, then the I, only I good say, card play, is play chains, ha- chainsaws for arms or whatever yeah. that card is love right. that one no it's like play it once be amazed like oh my gosh this thing is so outrageous and they put it in print wow that's kind of weird right. to see something so outrageous in print and then and then move yeah. on to something well, that's right. why they need all those modifier decks now because yeah. i think people after, at a certain point it's like right you said the pope likes to jerk off right. on an old foot or right. whatever the weird combo is and right. you're like, oh, <laughs> wow on an Can old we play? Come yeah. on. I mean, I'd rather play Scattergories. You know? But here, the Pope here, is like so that. holy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why would he? Guys, let me, let, me, let me explain why it's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Apples to Apples is a fun game, but not enough uh, Pope. What is a good what is a good comedy game to you? Pope a connoisseur oh, of that's games. Good. Uh, well, I like regular games where it, it ends up being funny because uh, people are under pressure and doing right. something unexpected. Sure, sure, so for sure. me, Pictionary is always fun yeah. and funny. Celebrity. Uh, you know, yeah, Celebrity is yeah. one of my favorite games. Balderdash, you can at least be witty and clever and mm-hmm. how you can get people to, to guess fake definitions of things. I like those kinds of things. But also, I just have fun playing. I, you know, There's also just not much very conversational about that game also. It's right. like you, you, you're waiting for someone to play something. They play the wacky thing. You make a statement about like, oh, that's so crazy, and then you move on to the next thing. Yeah. Like, I, it doesn't. It doesn't allow conversation. It doesn't right. allow you know, other, other than being amazed at how crazy those combinations are. I'm not very tapped into the game world mm-hmm. uh, unless it's on console. Uh, but like, there was a version of charades where it started off as just sort of acting something out. Yeah. But as each round got harder, there was like the same 20 things people had to act out. Yeah. But you had less and less ability to actually emote or gesture. So right. like. First, you would actually do, you know, proper, you know, act it out. Sure. Then you could only just use, like, your face. Mm. Oh, that's uh, fun. And then as it got to one of the more extreme rounds is you put a sheet over yourself, and oh, then you try and act it out with a sheet over you. Huh. 
And that was just kind of got funny because you began to just pick up on like micro movements that would right. suggest it was this one answer. Yeah. I, but you know, I it, play that once. It That's works like for the brain. people who are too good at celebrity. Yeah. Or too comfortable in a sheet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ghosts. They just come out from under and they're naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've like, never oh. played a game of celebrity that didn't include people like laughing their ass off yeah. at each other or themselves until I overturn the table. Uh, and then. <laughs> And you're like, I don't. Much less laughter. Uh, All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. (laughs) Let's talk about clowns, scary clowns. Are you chorophobic? No, not at all. I don't really have. Just racist. Yeah. I have been been interested in. In looking at old TV from the 50s, like clowns were breakfast cereal mascots. Yeah, yeah, and everyone stuff. loved a clown. Yeah, back they then. fucking loved them. Clown and it art seems and very stuff. strange to me because they, they do seem like scary, like inherently not like a thing that children would like. Well, it's someone who has painted themselves to convey an emotion that they might not be experiencing underneath. Right. And duplicitous. They can't be trusted and they're disgusting. And but, they're a danger to society. And I mean, that kind of is the take. general take is, it seems like people are like, fuck clowns, clowns are scary. So it's not super surprising, but it is interesting to me that they're still so salient that It Chapter 2 was uh, set the record for biggest September opening and biggest horror movie opening, outpaced only by It Chapter 1. Hmm. Uh, and then also... The Venice Film Festival gave out its awards at the end of the festival, and The Golden Lion, uh, which has been given to movies like uh, Rashomon, Brokeback Mountain, and Roma, went to the Joker movie, Joker, which is pretty huh. wild. It's pretty big departure for a comic book movie to get the award, um, even though this is apparently less comic book movie than like Taxi Driver-influenced character study. But clowns are still a powerful symbol, apparently. <laughs> I don't know why. Is it because there's like a generation of us who absolutely did not like clowns? Like, I feel like baby boomers, like my dad, I've seen like photos of like his room as a kid and there was like clown shit. Yeah. Or like I remember my grandparents' house, they would have some clown shit up and I'm like, this is fucking weird. Yeah. No, my grandma collected clowns. Right. And then yeah. like maybe maybe then our parents weren't so into the clowns and then now we're like full on like, yo, clowns are fucked up and weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's... Is it is it a, the passage of time? Is it just purely because we or or maybe we're introduced to more examples of clowns being like possibly weird with like John Wayne Gacy art or like right. other shit? Yeah, it it does seem like a it's tapping into maybe something like it, it's just such a break from the past. Like how I inherently respond yeah. to a clown versus how like. My grandmother collected them and thought they were like cute, like little ceramic like, clown. Maybe things. I'm in right. a minority. I find clowns neither scary nor entertaining. Right. I, find, I just yeah. find them kind of there. All right. It's not, I'm, it's yeah, not for I'm me. ambivalent. I don't necessarily like get upset at the clown, but I'm also like, I'm like, okay, fine. Why? But I the... do know. I've known people who are like colorophobic. Right. And I fucked up around them because <laughs> I didn't take it seriously. Right. Till you make they're... someone cry. Yeah, uh, because you show them like a wild montage with clowns uh, cut into it unexpectedly, mm. uh, and you know I'm sorry. You got a jump scare from a from did clowns? I did from a yeah. coworker, uh, and I had to apologize and didn't realize what had happened. Wow. Uh, but like 
in a way, to me, I didn't take it serious. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're doing that thing where like culturally you right. hate clowns. Right. And I was like, oh no, you have a full on phobia. Yeah. Take people's phobia seriously. I, I once, yeah, well, it was, you know, it was oh. earlier times. No, I, I've done that too. I once, uh, I had a friend in college who was had a like visceral reaction to the word cotton balls. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, yeah right. right. And said mm-hmm. it like a bunch of times. And she was like, like really, it really fucked her up. Um, anyways, <laughs> we're just called two horrible people. Yes, who now host a podcast. But it it's still like, why is the Joker <laughs> the character that has brought out like some of the best performances in film? Like of the, it, it's just interesting to me that like a clown bad guy would be the the character that draws these you know iconic performances mm-hmm. out when that as a cultural uh, symbol has become sort of irrelevant or maybe it's just been co-opted by... I don't know symbolically I think it really sums up like the waning influence of like white men in America yeah I'm and wondering some, if that's like well, culturally just in general too like a clown right like the most of the time this character is an impotent man right who isn't achieving at the rate of the other men around him right and then puts on a face mm. to obscure that inner failure right and I then incel the clown right. right and then resorts to again I talk about this all the time when you are you feel powerless the next if you cannot create then you will destroy and that's the next way you can feel potent is by saying, well, if I can't build the things I want, I can destroy the things around me with great effectiveness, yeah. which is another thing the Joker does. So I don't know. There's like, you know, there's there's many layers, I think, to yeah. just sort of like what the Shit Joker could be to somebody. Yeah, that was pretty, that was great analysis. Yeah, I, was all I, mean, I don't know, y'all. <laughs> I just think it's because they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His laugh's weird. <laughs> He's got a red nose. Yeah. What? <laughs> but also too, but you know, shout out to clowns though too. I recently saw like a clowning show, like proper mm-hmm. French clowning. That's that's that really is an art form. I think if people got in touch with that style of clowning, we would maybe we would respect our clowns. Baskets was a good show. Baskets is it awesome. is it actually uh, funny the French clowning that you saw? Is it, it just no? More well, because like well, they all have different emotions. So there are ones. It, it was more impressive to me as performance, like right. what the what the clowns can symbolize and you know the facets of our humanity. Well, shit, man. That sounds pretty weird. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's pretty weird. You should go, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is something that is uh, overrated? Uh, I think overrated is uh, is this idea of 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 thinking like, oh, people are are. Are are so soft now, and that, and 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 you know, you can't take Dave Chappelle's special because, like, <laughs> I was thinking about this a lot uh, when it, when it was in the height, and you know, I saw it, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, there was stuff I liked, stuff I didn't, but like this super like martyrdom performance that's been going on online, where it's like, you know, that people were like picketing. Andrew Dice Clay shows like so like that right. compared to someone saying oh that's kind of shitty on Twitter is nothing like can you imagine trying to walk into your show and you have to walk across a picket line that is not happening right, so like right. the, the I, I think that just negates two ideas one that is a new softening of society right and two that it's just so bad like cool yeah you know that's 
It's just, you know, freedom of speech, not freedom of consequence. Yeah, I mean, softening of society is a way to not actually accept that society might be progressing. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, oh, it's actually getting softer. That's, well, what, that's what that is. It's, it's just the same thing when old heads in, like, you know, music or, or some art uh, feel that they're the things they like are being dated and people have moved on from it. They, they try and push this idea of, like, oh, music sucks it's now. Trash, man. It's, it's all trash. Yeah. It's like, well, the people making money uh, see, see. Something's going yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They're Shows are still packed, so yeah. maybe maybe it's not trash and it's just not for you. Mm. Right. <laughs> like, I can kind of see the argument from the left because they're like, well, the left has traditionally been about, you know, completely free speech and, like, opening, <laughs> like, just saying whatever the fuck we want. Uh, but people on the right being like, man, you guys just try and censor speech when the right has been like the most all about censoring speech oh, yeah. like from Jump Street and like all along that they would then act like this is something new that uh they would never be a part of is well, just it's wild. So funny because like uh because I follow Hassan Abi from uh the Young Turks uh, right. and he was recently under fire because he was cracking jokes on Dan Crenshaw and his lack of an eye and depth perception mm. uh and uh and I remember like you know the right just being like how could you do this right. how could you and then those same people the same people are like oh you want to be mad about some jokes from Dave Chappelle it's like you just what? yeah you just, the, the yeah. words haven't finished escaping your mouth from like dry Dragging Hassan on Fox News to like debate about right. this after he's coming after the guy who's like, yeah, I lend my handguns out yeah. to friends. <laughs> yeah, they need you never know. Yeah. Anyway, I was with Pete Davidson and I flamed him, so I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Hasbro's new Monopoly uh, edition. Yeah, uh, because. Monopoly socialism was so funny where they like shit on uh, laser focused sharing things. (laughs) Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. now they have decided to take a crack at uh, feminism. Mm -hmm. It seems like with Miss Monopoly. Oh, watch out, girl. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) With a nice young woman holding a cup of Starbucks, like what can only be presumed to be like Starbucks coffee. Right. uh, With her hand on her hip. And it says, first of all, who is Miss Monopoly? She is Mr. Monopoly's niece and a (laughs) self-made investment guru here to update a few things. It's about time. Um, Now, when you look into it, though, this is obviously just a cynical cash grab. Uh, for people who are maybe dumb enough to think that this is meant to like be an empowering yeah. edition of Monopoly. Uh, they made her a niece. They call it a celebration of women <laughs> entrepreneurs and inventors. In it, female players start the game with more money than men and also collect more when passing go. What? The front wow. cover declares it, quote, the first game where women make more than men. Yes, queen. I mean, look, <laughs> it's true. The pay pay gap is very real, but like, yeah. what a flippant way to deal with it. Right. Also, like, isn't Monopoly, the idea behind actual Monopoly is like, this is how it is out there, guys. Like, yeah. it, this is supposed to mimic actual capitalism. Mm-hmm. And to mimic actual capitalism, they're giving women like a, a f- leg up. Like that, it just seems like it's, I don't know. I don't know the, how that's supposed to feel empowering. Yeah, especially because, like, Miss Monopoly's from generational wealth, right? obviously. Well, she's a niece. You don't know how That's Mr. Monopoly's true. brother did. He could be a deadbeat. That's true. You know what I mean? Maybe she inherited from, from him. He could be like that kid in Succession who was, like, vomiting uh, in his, yeah. like, uh, animal suit in that yeah. first season. And that then somehow great. got swept up in the company. But the way they keep going on 
is, dude, a fun a new take on the game that creates yeah. a world where women have an advantage often enjoyed by men. Okay, then it says, although the company adds that, quote, if men play their cards right, they can make money too. Great. Um, <laughs> players, rather than purchasing properties, will, quote, invest in inventions created by women. Things like Wi-Fi Ugh. and chocolate chip cookies. Amazing. What? That is incredible. On so many levels. <laughs> this was invented by the Has Bro. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. That is. By fucking the- Tox Bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's on the cup on the front of the box. It says, "Without women, we wouldn't have Wi-Fi or chocolate chip cookies." <laughs> Way to like send just oh. do a full U-turn. I'm like, oh, dope Wi-Fi and chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. That's. I... Do you want your your head to fully fall off? Please. At so this point. one of the new tokens you can play with, like, you know, like race car, yeah. whatever. This one has a watch. Okay. But Hasbro's Jen Boswinkle told USA Today, Boz. this is because it's about time for some changes. That's, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, I think that conveys that message yeah, very that clearly. says it all. They should just be like, rather than Miss Monopoly, it should be like manless earth. Right. Monopoly. Yeah, or all men have died because they're useless. First, now do y'all think first reformed monopoly? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. They I don't even understand I, again. You know, cash grabs holler. Truly, that is. <sighs> You're really at a loss for words, Jack. I, you, the chocolate chip thing really fucked you up. Chocolate chip yeah. cookie. What like that? That's the thing that they keep coming back to chocolate chip cookies as like. Yeah, women can invent things. Like they can ba- bake a neat right, cookie. Right, right. One of the well, pieces should be a whisk. Well, don't like, let it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Don't let people think that women are actually capable of creating things like Wi-Fi. Bring it back a little bit. Yeah. Let's tamper the, the Wi-Fi thing and with chocolate chip cookies. Totally, just obscure. Like the also, also that by the way, the CEO of Wi-Fi. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like that. It's a, invest in. Uh, I just hate it so much. It's like so patronizing already yeah, that yeah. like I failed to. See, it, hey, look, Hasbro, y'all, fucking stop. It is not. Yeah. Wait they, till the Black Lives put, Matter monopoly. Comes oh my out. god. <laughs> yeah. White people get less money than black people, and when they go to jail, uh oh. Like, yeah. I guarantee you that has been at some point pitched. Oh, you There's know what no has. Way. If this shit got out, That's what I, yeah. imagine what the discard pile is right. of ideas in those fucking meetings. Seriously. Oh, uh, my God. I can't actually. I, it almost pains me to think of what things. I mean, again, every day with the kind of shit that's set out in these boardrooms or even advertising agencies. But, like, if we got Miss Monopoly and they made Socialism Monopoly that were such fucking bizarre, off, bad takes on things. What what didn't make it through the filter? And who did they test these two? Did they bring people in that they're like, how would you feel about a Miss Monopoly or a Mrs. Monopoly or right. a, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, And in this one, you can play with a new token, the biological clock, because it's ticking. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they, you have to turn on an actual ticking clock while you're going around yeah. the board. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, uh-oh, you got too successful. Yeah. Calm down. That's it. <laughs> We're shutting the timer off. She can't be self-made though. She has to be related to Mr. Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, I guess what in their like in the u- expanded universe of Monopoly, this f- unbelievable tiny guy, we like we needed to think that he had a niece. Yeah. Right? And did they make it a niece so it didn't seem like too much like there wasn't that much nepotism involved? Or maybe just so that they had the same last name, Monopoly, you know. Right. Cuz they didn't want to make it like his younger wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about face-off, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 
One of the most preposterous premises for a movie that has ever ended up being good, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's John, like, it's John, John Woo, bad, right? Yeah, John Woo. Right. And it's it's a bad movie because of how ridiculous it is, but it's still, it's like a great bad the movie. The plot holes are gigantic. <laughs> Huge. It. I mean, the idea that you're like, okay, man, you're going to go undercover just with this dude's face, not even your body. Right. Yeah. You got the same motherfucking body. Yeah. It's just your face. And right. then, like, you're supposed to also download, like, there's no uh, information about emotional relationships aside yeah. from maybe, like, what you could glean off a piece of paper. And right. then you just become this person. Yeah. yeah. Also, that voice changing thing they put on uh, his throat. Yeah. That's the one technology I remember. Yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, <laughs> so they're going to recast this. Because, I mean, the thing that made it work was it was Nicolas Cage and John Travolta at the top of their game. Uh, and I thought they did a pretty good job, like, imitating each other. And Caster Troy was a good character. Um, Wait, what, imitating each other, you mean so when Travolta became Caster Troy? Right. That he did a good version of, of being- Of Nicolas Cage's Caster Troy. Yeah. And was like, oh, what a predicament. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll fuck with that. Um, I mean, it's like an acting exercise. It's like that. That's kind of what's cool about it. I would love to see a deep dive comparing them. Like, you know, Travolta really nailed these like right. idiosyncrasies about yeah. his performance. But. Yeah. Like, I wonder how much communication there was between them because they're both huge stars. Like, I wonder how much he was like, so I'm doing this. Like, this is my like a little hand gesture that yeah. I'm doing or if they just like looked at each other's scenes. Or right. How they did it. But um, anyways, they're going to try and recast it. Uh, hmm. I think it should be The Rock and Nicolas Cage again. Just yeah, bring, bring I, I him think back. Nicolas Cage, I think, should be in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, he's yeah, just kind of... still there. I kind of need him there. Yeah. But if you're going off of people who are, like, fucking crushing this year, you got, like, I guess Chris Evans and Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, would be one. Or, look, my I say, look, let's just get it done with Jeremy Renner and Jackie Chan. <laughs> Just give the people what they want. Oh, Jackie yeah. Chan had apparently had a big year in 2019. I did not know that. Did he? Oh, really? Yeah. And I was just searching like highest grossing actors because I was like, you know, because in my mind that was yeah. sort of the pairing yeah. for Face Off, the original mm -hmm. one. I'm like, it's just sort of the natural who was making the shmoney this year. Actually, well, number one is Samuel Jackson. So num Samuel Jackson and The Rock are one and two for highest grossing in wow I think 2019 or the beginning oh of because of Avengers movies yeah he was in Avengers Captain Marvel Marvel Spider Man Far From Home I mean this dude has been yeah he's yeah. in all the Marvel movies. they should do like a five person face off with all the Chris's just oh, all the like wow. Chris Pine Chris Evans Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth yeah. Chris Pratt yeah. That would, that would Chris Rock. be really good. <laughs> Chris, Chris Paul. Rock. <laughs> yeah. Chris Paul would be great. Man. Yeah, I mean, well, fuck it. Let's just, yeah. just keep one it going. Of, one of the worst actors in the history of commercial acting. Oh, dude, what if it was Benicio and Nicolas Cage? That would Ooh. be fucking tight. Wow! And they both have that same, they're aging kind of the same way. Yeah. That would be they already great. have faces that look like fucked up masks right. anyway <laughs> that are coming off so fucking. Yeah, I mean, that's the one issue that I see is when it first came out, like the idea of a face transplant was far enough off that, or like, you know, it hadn't been done. So we were like, could that be done? But right. now they've done face transplants and yeah. like, you've seen the pictures of what they look like and they're- <laughs> They don't. They're not like seamless. Six yeah. out of ten. I'll give them a yeah. six out of ten. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, you guys. And actually, like, I I saw a picture of the French woman who was the first successful face transplant, and she looks really good, like, now. Like, the face has, like, sort of adjusted. Yeah, Yeah. settled a little bit. But it's still, like, now that we know what a face transplant looks like and that it takes years for, like, things to settle. Right. Uh, and for your body to like not fully reject it, it they don't just lay it on and then a laser just goes, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, then you are that and person. you're that person. Put a little microchip on my th- and on then my your Adam's wife apple. Can't tell that it's a different person's dick. Yeah, that she's having oh, sex. God, with. maybe they just have very similar dicks. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's really the deep dive we need to do. Right. I mean, you know, this would be a great podcast where you you dive into the the realities of yeah. these films and really try and find out. Well, what there's happened. a un, uh, there's a there's a scene that never made the cut where his wife goes, "When did you get circumcised?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Amazing. He's like, "I'm just pulling it back." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, let's listen to this clip from I think it's CNBC. Is that the financial one? Yep, yeah, where uh, Jim Cramer, who I hadn't heard <laughs> speak in like 20 years. Years, yeah. He he doesn't seem to be able to put a sentence together anymore. I'm not totally sure why, but uh, he's talking to a couple uh, business guys. It's one of those like financial shows where there are like 3,000 numbers in the frame, like on boards in the backgrounds, and then racing by below. Uh, and they're yeah. Let, let's just hear what they what they have to say about Elizabeth Warren. I don't know. In the end, I I know Elizabeth Warren. Don't listen. I favor CEOs. You think it's positive to have a CEO? Uh, I, I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, CEOs listen, are, you know, it's, maybe not. Am I? It is. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> if she becomes president, what do you think is going to happen to the banks? Well, it's not a. It would be a suboptimal situation for suboptimal. suboptimal. Right. You think, you think Elizabeth Warren pushes banks into it? Well, they're already down twenty percent from the highs, but yeah, I just think that, that you know there were these uh, hearings in the '30s. Uh, where they brought rich people in front of Congress. Oh, during the Depression? Kind of trash them. It was effective. It's about 20 years later, we had the least uh, discrepancy in incomes in the 50s and 60s. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. I, look, I've got to tell you, when you get off the desk and you talk to executives, they're more fearful of her winning. I mean, I've never heard anybody say, look, I, uh, she's got to be stopped. She's got to be stopped. I, I don't know. It's, she's very... Uh, she keeps going up in the polls. <laughs> wow, Yo, these motherfuckers sound like the, the people at Winterfell when the right. White Walkers are yeah. coming. They're like, they, um, uh, fuck the polls. Uh, right. I, he, I, he's also doing a parody of a panicked person. He's like, what? I mean, they're either way, uh, Bernie or Elizabeth, they both have Wall Street's number. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, maybe because Warren is cutting through to maybe people they talk to more, they're more afraid because either one of them, it's going to be suboptimal for Wall Street. <laughs> and they always reference these things that when it, it was the other time that it was the worst for the working class, they're like, well, you know, the 30s. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was, the, you know what was happening to rich people? But then was, someone after goes, but then that the followed 50s, up with yeah, like the right. lowest amount of uh, yeah. income inequality. Yeah. He's huh. like, yeah, but you know, but remember the 30s. Don't they forget. They had like an existential moment too where they're trying to figure out if CEOs were necessary. 
necessary. Like the no one wanted to like handle right, that yeah. thought. They're like, huh? Well, I don't. They were talking about huh. a bank that hasn't had a CEO. They've just had an acting CEO for the past like year, and they were like, I mean, CEOs are a good thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it's like, oh man. Well, I mean, yeah. When you look at what she's proposing, she's sort of like. I'm going to break up the big banks, similar to what Bernie's talking about. Yeah. And they want to basically separate like a lot of the commercial banking shit that manage like everyday people's money from the parts of the bank that do the high risk investment shit. And yeah, because like, she's going from like the inside out. And yeah, that's what really scares the shit out Because she's seen everything. And I think like a lot of these people who are savvy about what's actually wrong with the, our banking system and our financial system, they're like, let just so you know, this is what's happening. Right. They're like, our deposits are insured <laughs> by the government. And then they use that to be like, are basically, we're gambling money that's insured. Right. And they're yeah. saying, let's, st- let's knock that shit off. And I think also too, like a lot of it is basically trying to bring back the Glass-Steagall Act which was repealed in 99, and that's when it became casino time, placebo time. Uh, And a lot of people say, you know, that's the the financial crisis was definitely spurred along by the fact that that act was repealed. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just like we've been saying with Trump and the, you know, since Trump was elected, the stock market's been doing well. Like, it might not do great under Elizabeth Warren, but, like, that is not the economy. Right, exactly. Well, her whole thing is, like, if we want financial uh, independence and freedom for working people and to, like, just make everything more equitable, we have to go right through the 1%'s fucking face. Absolutely. And that's why, yeah, you see these shows where the 1%ers are huddled up and, like, I mean, how do we stop the walkers? Is there, like, a dragon? do Do we have a dragon? Yeah. No? It's curious that they don't mention Bernie whatsoever in this. Like Elizabeth Warren, that's. Uh, yeah. I, I think in their mind, they may have already dismissed him because of, like, if they're thinking like most of these hacks do, it's like, well, he's a socialist. I'm like, no one's going to buy that. Like, yeah. what he's got is like Occupy Wall Street people. And I think maybe they see because Elizabeth Warren isn't outright describing herself as a socialist, but someone about, you know, what is it, the thing, like fair capitalism or something like, like whatever the yeah. other code word for still capitalism <laughs> yeah. is. Um, that maybe that's why they see maybe her as more viable and neoliberal. Rise. Yeah. But it's like, but she likes, yeah. uh, what is it, compassionate capitalism or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, because also, like, what's really also ridiculous about this is that none of them are going to change anyone's minds in that conversation. There's right. no one watching that that's like, yeah, should I go with Bernie instead? You know what I mean? Right. Or like somebody- right, yeah, yeah. They're like, wait, what? She's coming for all of our money? Because, you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff both of them are proposing is about having to do a lot with, like, CEO pay. And like, you know, when these people come in and like buy companies and, you know, just like loot them legally yeah, and then like not honor the pensions that they've actually put forward for like their employees, like they're saying, "Mm, no, 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 no. Yeah. We're fucking putting an end to that if we're elected. Yeah. Hopefully neither Sanders or Warren have any skeletons in their closet because they would have been out. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe they didn't take them seriously and they were. Just happy they were taking votes away from each other, but rich people will, you know, the the corporate interests they've stayed, however, in right? power this long for a reason. Considering where we're at, what the fuck could they have done? Right. That we're looking at the situation, we're looking like, ah, uh, you know what? Maybe yeah. I'm gonna go for Biden or the Trump. mainstream media is very persuasive or at least influential and yeah I feel like, absolutely yeah i, I f- agree i feel like the mainstream media ignoring sanders has hurt his 
standing in the polls. Well, the bar is so low that like a mod, a centrist Democrat is like a, a meal ticket for some people. They're just right. looking. They're like, well, you know, it's not going to be Trump this time. Why not? <laughs> just a well, little yeah. bit. And that's what a lot of polls show uh, recently, too. Like there's, a, I think, close to 60 percent, like 58 percent mm-hmm. of Democrats and uh, like left leaning independents just want someone that is going to beat Trump. Right. Not someone that they're excited to vote for. Yeah. So yeah. just that idea of the of a second term is, I guess, making a lot of people circling their wagons around, just like, just beat him first. Just yeah. beat him. Let's get and him then out. Fucking, we'll clean up the mess yeah. after when most people have perished from student debt or medical debt. <laughs> yeah. But electability uh, is, you know, we've talked about how in the media, it's a way for, you know, people to sublimate their own biases yeah. like well she's not electable and it's like why uh you know because she's a woman it's like what Ooh. yeah and like huh? or, or joe biden's electable why well you know he just looks presidential well what do, how are you defining presidential uh, by all, the size of their veneers <laughs> right all it took was a, bl- a blood vessel to get his numbers down right a right. bursted blood vessel yeah. in his eye and people are like you know what maybe he's not the most best choice <laughs> yeah well look Although that the media definitely ignored the shit out of that. I know, right? And he was like, <laughs> looks like he was auditioning for 28 Days Later. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. He's like, I was exposed to some experimental chimps yeah. who had uh, been exposed to the rage bacteria virus. Wasn't yeah. it called rage? Rage. It was called the rage yeah. virus, yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.